sound perfect. Have you ever gone to a restaurant that was so noisy that it was painful? Or where you had to shout while you were eating? Or where you couldn't hear someone at the same table unless you sat right next to them? This first episode of Soundproofist takes a look at that issue. My name is Carrie, and I'm going to share a few audio clips of noisy restaurants and then give you an example of a restaurant that has sound-absorbing panels on the ceiling. Then we'll talk to Mitch Zlotnick, who's the president of Audimute in Ohio. Audimute offers a lot of products for sound absorption and sound reduction. I was impressed when I looked at their website and I saw the sound panel options, the same kind of sound panels that can help with restaurant noise. Here's something you can do. You can download an app onto your smartphone that shows the decibel levels in real time for the environment you're in at that moment. You can use this app for reality check. Let's say that normal room noise, a quiet room with no one talking and no other noise in it, is about 35 decibels. As soon as you move around or when you say something, that decibel level is going to go up. So what's normal in a restaurant where there's lots of activity and lots of people talking? Well, OSHA standards basically say that any environment that's 85 decibels or above needs to provide protection for employees who are exposed to that level of noise for eight hours per day. Obviously, you're not going to be in the restaurant for eight hours, and maybe the people who work there also won't be on site for eight hours either. But when I measured a few restaurants and they were 85 decibels or more, the noise was intolerable. You didn't want to stay there or even bother trying to talk to anybody. So you can try it for yourself. On an iPhone, I've used a couple of apps called SPL Meter and another one called Decibels. I'll play a few clips from restaurants that were 85 decibels or higher while I was there. And then I'll play a clip of a restaurant that had sound panels on the ceiling and it was about 79 decibels. It's really hard to capture what it's like to be in those environments, so that's why I suggest you try it for yourself. So let's listen to some examples of 85 decibels or higher. Restaurant in San Francisco, and we're testing out what sounds like about an 85 decibel level um, with loud rock music playing in the background and uh, a lot of hard services, and actually only one group of people sitting at the table next to us. But how, how well can you hear me? Like, do you have to lean forward? To hear I have what to I'm lean saying? forward, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's pretty loud. So I'm in a Thai restaurant in San Francisco with several people celebrating a birthday, and um, the decibel level is about 90. And how easily can you hear me? Well, you're leaning in towards me, so I can hear you pretty well, but if you didn't, I probably wouldn't. Do you think you could have a conversation with somebody like two people away from you at this table? No, I could barely hear you that time because you didn't lean in as much. <laughs> okay, thanks. So I'm sitting here in a Mexican restaurant in San Francisco, and the decibel level before I started talking is about 85. I'm at a table with my friends, and I can't hear what they're saying at the other end of the table, which is not that far away. But uh, I thought I would talk to the person sitting right next to me and see how well can you hear me. I can hear you pretty good because I'm listening. At the end of the table, all I hear is like, it sounds like quacking. <laughs> so I can't hear anything else. Now in this restaurant, I forgot to measure the decibel level. I thought it was a little bit better, 
but my friend Joe had another opinion. So I'm with my friend Joe in a restaurant that's uh, here in San Francisco, and um, it's not as loud, and I think one of the reasons why is because it doesn't have a 90-degree angle on the ceiling. It's actually got kind of an angled roof that's maybe 110 degrees, so even though there's a fair amount of noise in here and there's music playing and everything, uh, because it doesn't have solid 90 degree angles and it angles up so it's really high on one side, I think it makes all the difference in sound and sound bouncing. So what do you think of this, Joe? Well, for me, since I'm wearing hearing aids, I think it's at the higher level of medium. I've been in louder places. But uh, uh, it's still, it's very difficult for me. If I take my hearing aids out, then I can't hear at all. It's not a place to have a quiet conversation. And here's the restaurant that had sound panels on the ceiling. See if you can hear the difference. So I'm sitting here in Chow on Church Street, and um, I'm right underneath some of these uh, ceiling pads that are put here for soundproofing, and it really does help a lot because it's crowded, and there's a lot of people talking, and there's even Jackson 5 music playing, but I can actually hear. Um, can you hear me? I can. That's great. That's great. You're not even speaking loudly, and neither am I. I can hear you perfectly. And we have a table full with a lot of people next to us. Of course, they're quiet right now, but when they start laughing like they did right there, it's not that bad. I know a lot of restaurants operate on a tight budget. And naturally, it would be great if they could address the noise problem or if they knew where to go to solve it. That's why I arranged this interview with Mitch Slotnick of Audimute. We spoke over Skype, so the audio sounds a bit Skypey. Sorry about that. It's kind of ironic in an episode about sound, but... But anyway, Mitch very generously shared his insights with us. So let's take a listen. Audimute is a company that offers solutions for a lot of noise issues, and one of those issues is restaurant noise. So hi, Mitch. Welcome to Soundproofist. Thank you so much for having me. It is really a pleasure to be here and help so many people who are going to value from our conversation today. Uh, tell us a little bit about your company, Audimute. Well, Audimute is a company that was uh, founded about 13 years ago by me, and we began to specialize in solving soundproofing problems in commercial and residential spaces. And we started doing this in a very unique way. Uh, solutions that look like art or were able to integrate into space really focused on the outcome and what people were trying to do in the space that they originally intended to, but could not because they had a quote-unquote sound barrier. Uh, you did have some really good examples of stuff that really did just look like wall paintings or something. It seems like such an obvious choice. What's, what's funny is um, it's, uh, you know, you think about, well, why do you have to disappear in the space? Why is that important? And it's funny, we've had some companies come to us with some industrial problems, and they've walked through our office and showroom, and they've said, wow, well, you really don't understand our problem because we're more industrial. And I'm like, wow, the, the sound issue isn't the problem. It's how do you integrate it into the space so that it doesn't become an eyesore when someone's already spent budget on build out and all their you know finished surfaces that they selected when they built the place. Yeah, no, I love that, that you had so many color choices and they could just disappear. Let's just say I own a small restaurant and it gets really noisy sometimes and I'm on a tight yeah. budget. I want to try out some acoustic panels and see if they make a difference. So how do I get started? 
Well, it's, it's hard to try out, I think, a, a solution. I think understanding the sound problem is really important. So I do always think it's important to speak to somebody who knows sound and kind of understand what's happening because noise in a restaurant can manifest itself in different ways. Um, it can be kitchen noise. It can be, you know, obviously conversations and intensity from too many people in a small place, et cetera. Or it could be someone's having music or they want to have live music. So there's the sound problem is um, very rare. I think in the 13 years we've done this, we've actually experienced like the same problem twice, if you will, because there's always some element in the space that makes a big difference. So to say, how do you do this on a, on a budget? Um, I think the first thing is to be realistic. And before you even think about solving a problem and say, what does it take to solve a problem? What's really involved in a restaurant or any space for that matter when I have a sound problem? And the, be realistic so that you're properly budgeted for it, whether it's Audimute or, or another provider. And there's, I can certainly give you reasons why Audimute, but you really understand, want to understand what does it take to solve the sound problem um, financially? And what is the value of that solution so that you can ensure that you are properly funded to actually solve the problem? Okay. How would a, someone who's, you know, running a restaurant or running a small business, not a specialist in audio solutions, how do they figure that out? It's, it's really hard. They, they shouldn't have to because they really understand the restaurant business. They shouldn't really have to understand the acoustic business. So we pride ourselves on being accessible. I'm sure there's other companies as well. I don't want to speak just to Audimute today, but to be fair to my industry, but certainly there, um, there are folks that you need to speak with so you understand what's happening. And I'll give you some good examples. Uh, like I said, voices, you could have the shape of the restaurant could be playing into why you're having an issue. It could be how your tables are set up. It could be, you know, how you just the way decorative elements are, are put into the, into the space. And so there's a lot of things like that. But overall, I think typically how a problem will be solved will end up in some way, shape or form affecting the surfaces which will represent themselves, solutions will represent themselves as panels or potentially baffles in a ceiling or and other, uh, I would say, soft surfaces to be, speak, you know, to be non-technical, entered into the space so that there's absorption and you start to bring the energy level down in the space and that allows for clarity of sound, conversation, good experiences for your customers that want to come back. Okay, yeah, that's actually was one of the questions I was going to ask you partially my naivete about this is like i was wondering you know do you do the ceilings first the walls you know i guess each situation is probably unique right yeah it depends yeah but i can tell you you know i, I you know so let's, let's say common sense um yes there's an acoustic problem that's a little scientific but uh you want to be close to the sound source sometimes that means being in the ceiling is the closest place sometimes being on the wall is the closest place but then you have to look at some of the pragmatic um elements in terms of where do my customers reach you know what I mean? If I have a lot of kids in the restaurant or if I have just simply uh, it's a bar and people will be leaning against a wall here or equipment will be leaned against here or it's next to a busing station or something like this, then obviously having things within that type of proximity is going to lend itself to panels getting dirty and um, or damaged. And, and then you've really kind of lost your investment there and it has to be replaced and that's not going to be any fun. So it's really a balance of looking at what does the situation call for that also represents the best acoustical uh, correction. So that was actually one of my questions also, is that uh, are all the panels fabric covered and are they easy well, to it's, keep it's, clean? It's, it's interesting. I would say in general, when, when out in, in the marketplace, um, there's different types of material that are used. It's fiberglass is one of the oldest. It's um, among the cheapest, but there are new technologies. We're primarily, uh, we focus on cellulose. We use wool, we use cotton. 
and uh, we blend these together, but we, we stay within a natural realm. The interesting thing, there's, oh, there's new uh, polyesters that are now coming out. There's, um, there's always some, you know, there's a foam, obviously, you know, polyurethane foam that's been used as well. We've seen those uh, in studios and such. You know, there's certain requirements that you have with fiberglass, for example, where the product has to be covered because of the particulates. Our product does not have to be covered and has a very special feature that we can actually coat it. So it enables us to match almost any color in anyone's space. But it's just a little bit of an advantage in our scenario. It cuts a lot of labor out of the process mm-hmm. and allows us to also be very fast in our manufacturing. So the different fabrics you know, are, are essentially what you're doing, but it really is attempting just to do what befits the space. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times it's fabrics, you know, they're soft surfaces. And I think people think of how do you add color to a yellow piece of you know, fiberglass? It's typically been done with fiberglass so, or with, with, with textiles. In our scenario, it's kind of new. You can coat the product. That, that's a, again, it's so people think that the way you have to change the color of fiberglass is with textiles. It's if you're working with, you know, fiberglass, yes, you have to bag it, put, you know, put it into some kind of enclosure or, or, or you have to seal it with, um, with a textile type thing. In our scenario, we don't have that problem. Wow. That's great. So it really sounds like it's fairly easy. I mean, you can actually just get these pieces that have a color on them and then I guess, I mean, just install them. It's simple, right. (laughs) It's that easy or it's something where uh, it's going to be something that's decorative. Uh, We've done really neat things, not so much going deeper into the technologies that absorb sound as much as we're doing unique things with the technology and to include a new surface that we're now calling Audimute Strata, which is a a surface that looks like stone. It actually looks like brick. Wow. And it's funny because the inspiration came from that that show, uh, Designated Survivor. (laughs) where Kiefer Sutherland was in the, this bunker in the beginning. And they had, I, I saw in the room, they had concrete walls and they had these concrete like fissures um, in the space that looked like the side of our panel as it came out of our production line on one side. And I'm like, wait a minute here, that looks kind of interesting. And I started putting that through some R&D and about a week later had this product called Strat, at least the first version of it, that is a stone like product. It's really cool. But it's it just just to say that decorative, I think you can find different ways to accommodate almost any space. And I can just say on behalf of customers who restaurant owners would be in denial that they need something, you got to do something. I think it's like the second reason people will leave a restaurant is that they leave something untreated like that. And yes. people don't return. I think it's, it's right up there. I think it's like top three is sound. Yeah. Um, and sound is like a good haircut, I always say. If you don't notice it, it's good. Right, <laughs> that's true. When it's bad, it's really bad. It can affect your business. Yeah, I actually have told some people I was you know, doing this episode, and they're really excited about it because it's actually a really uh, big issue that people get pretty passionate about. I've, also, I've gone gone out with people to restaurants, and we end up saying, oh, I don't want to stay for dessert. Let's find someplace else to go where we can hear each other. And that, I think wow. it's a huge problem. The bigger problem, yeah, the bigger problem is almost like the restaurant owners, they're hearing about this. They've heard about this. They're probably sick of hearing about it. Right. And I, I think they, some, and when you talk about the small restaurant owner, how is a problem solved? And I always say talk to an expert. And it doesn't necessarily mean go call the architect first, even though that is a place that you can start, or a builder that's also a place to start. But talk to someone who just knows sound and what's happening in the space and how can I solve this? And a lot of times that can be solved directly. Audimute is a unique model that we sell direct uh, to end users. You know, if you call an architect, it's just a different path as to how a solution gets to uh, the restaurant. A little bit more complex. It's just uh, more of an architectural direction. 
uh, or design direction when you're working with the ability to solve your own problem. I think that's how smaller places do it more affordably. Yeah. You know? And finding solutions that fit with like, you know, within a context of something they can install themselves. Right. And that's um, one of my other questions was kind of, you know, because I would, if I was running a small restaurant with, you know, not a lot of profit margin, I would wonder, well, what's the minimum I could do, you know, uh, in terms of how yep. much surface should I cover? You know, if, if I'm looking at budget and I'm thinking about space and how I want to use that space, what's the mm-hmm. minimum? And I think I might have seen somewhere, I don't know if it was on your site or somewhere else where I read, it was somewhere between 10 to 20% coverage is probably the minimum, right? Um, you, you you could, but it also depends if it's a large restaurant or lar- it's, it, even though it may be a small operation, but if it's at a large space, mm-hmm. sound attenuates through air. Those waves will attenuate through air and weaken through air. Uh, as the medium. So what happens is you can say, yeah, 10, 20%, but it really depends on the space, depends on the shape of the space. Just, you know, we try to leverage all the elements in the space. If they're planning a, um, a remodel in a year, I'd hate to have someone go about putting things on walls and things like this, when perhaps there's something they could do when they redo the furniture that might lend itself to a little bit of absorption and diffusion mm-hmm. um, as well. So sound, that that intensity kind of builds up when you have opposite parallel walls and one wave kind of comes behind the other to keep things simple and you have a little bit of a, a, a compounding effect where now you have a higher level of energy. It's almost like one wave pushing behind another and then they suddenly have a bigger wave, right? Right. And that bigger wave with more energy is perceived as volume, an increase in volume. That's how we perceive that. So breaking up how sound moves in the space or scattering sound is is another way of, of achieving that that warming or that acoustical effect where you don't have that intensity buildup. So you leverage diffusion, you lever absorption, you lever the the reflection, the natural reflections in the space, those three elements in order to create um, an environment that is, you know, balanced. So you don't have one area that sounds really bad and another one is okay. Um, mm. You figure, well, I can't seat anybody in this one area. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, right. But, but like I said, really comes down to, I wouldn't try to figure it out on your own. Um, in fact, I got a little worried when I knew we'd be speaking because it's like, wow, Carrie's taking on a very complex issue, which is yeah, acoustics, yeah. and in a restaurant, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I think what I, I want to do is just show people that it is, it's something that can be done, and it's not yeah. like you have to invest in having uh, an entire, you know, architecture change. You probably come up with something exactly. that's, you know, that anyone exactly. could do, but you don't want to just buy, you know, $800 worth of stuff and realize that it wasn't really the right thing to do. Right. I think what's interesting, if I could, if I could say, you know, a small restaurant, if you were to give me a footprint and say, okay, we have a 2000 foot or 1000 square foot restaurant or 3000 square foot restaurant, you know, how do you, how do you budget for that? How do you account for that? So you can kind of get a flavor for the solution based on our experience. You know, if you have a, you know, a thousand square feet, you could spend somewhere between two, you know, 2000 and, you know, $4,000, let's say. And that the higher end is going to be more decorative. It also could involve more quantity, you know? Right. So, but you know, I think under that, I think you might come up shy in the way of enough material, right? Yeah. And as you move into larger spaces, I have a 3,000 square foot restaurant we did recently, and that was like, uh, you know, probably about a $7,000 job. There's, um, it could have spent as much as, as 10,000, again, with getting more decorative and really doing some cool integrations. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were able to do that affordably. The unique thing about that particular restaurant is that 90% of what's in it, you don't see. Wow. It disappears. Yeah, it's really a unique thing. Artistically, we're hiding in a lot of spaces in that in that particular place, and I pat my you know myself on the back and 
really give kudos to the team uh, at Audimute for making it work for that restaurant because they put in, we always come in, it seems, after the fact, this uh, not being any different. And we were challenged with working with plaster walls that had beautiful iron sheet, you know, trees on it and things like this. It couldn't mm. be more reflective. And on a brick wall on the other side, it's like, holy cow, how do you fit in here? How do we solve this problem? So you is know, the brick it, still uh, on one side then, and then you just treated the other side, or did you actually have to deal with the uh, brick side also? Well, you want to you want to scatter sound, so sometimes you want to treat both. Mm-hmm. Um, in this particular scenario, we were able to leverage elements in the ceiling, and we were able to um, put in some decorative rustic uh, type pieces that were artistic on the wall. And he also had these barn doors that had windows, and in place of the glass, we put in our material. And so it looked, you know, black, you know, black colored material. And so it looks like, you know, we just look at the window that became panels on one wall. So again, sneaky ways of thinking about sound is part of the value. I think it really makes, at least makes us different, but I think, you know, being creative like that in terms of where do you go? Because 90% of our work is done after the build out is complete and decoration is done. And you want to find that you're not stomping on someone else's canvas and or palette or decorative choices that they've already invested in. Yeah, exactly. Now, but you are actually able to help a lot of people without ever even making a site visit. I would say 98% of our work is done without a site visit. A lot of it is just experience and understanding what's going on in a space. Uh, I think doing virtual walkthroughs with members of our team has been probably the most helpful. I mean, we get a really good feel when we look at a space, you can see where the hotspots may be. It's really interesting. Um, we've had folks, um, you know, things that folks didn't expect to have happen because when they make changes, you know, it's like you know, they always say every action has a reaction. Well, I, I've had folks that tried to separate a party room essentially, and they, you know, spent a lot of money on an isolation technique, which is different than absorption, uh, and that we're speaking about for small restaurants. This isolation to separate this other room when they made this wall uh, very dense, very hard, and very isolating uh, for sound it increased the energy on the inside of that room. And they didn't have a sound problem in that room other than sound coming in. But once you made that wall really dense, it now had an effect on increasing the energy level in that space because no sound was leaving. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they built a very <laughs> effective barrier that now created an extra problem. And it was one particular place. It was not, they were not getting any relief um, through that wall. And so now we have treated inside that other space in order to with absorption in order to make that even bearable, I mean, even functional. Yeah. And that's where it's just really important, I think, for folks to to start with, I know I have a problem. I want to understand this financially, what it means. Um, of course, there's ways to leverage the value of, of a treatment as in other ways, such as branding, or we can be art, you know, things like that in a space. But really have to get a, a good handle on ballpark. What is this going to run me? What could this run me? And then you uh, you know whether or not you're fit for a project. And if you don't have enough to really get there, sometimes it is better just to, to do something than nothing. But you really want to be realistic about what it's going to take to solve the problem because, you know, it's either you're, it's kind of you're pregnant or not kind of a thing yeah. <laughs> when it comes to sound. Either you've treated this and the complaints stop or, you know, you're always going to have a section of the population that, that's not happy. And if that's the older population, it's also sometimes the folks that have a little bit more money. <laughs> right. That's true. Well, you've answered some of my questions so far, really. Um, but one th- one thing I was also wondering about was actual installation. Is is once somebody orders these panels, I assume they come shipped by UPS or something, and they arrive. How do you get them up 
You know, like, do you need to hire someone who's, you know, an installer or is this something that uh, somebody could just kind of hammer a few nails up and and hang them up? Boy, it's interesting. And again, I don't want to to brag about Audimute unless you want me to, because I'm certainly glad. But I would say typically um, uh, acoustical panels of all kinds can be hung by owners of restaurant or any type of folks that um, are just handy. Okay, if you can hang a picture on a wall at home, you can handle hanging acoustical panels, making sure you hang them in the right space, again, lends itself to getting that guidance I was talking about before with an acoustical expert. But, you know, installation often is, is we like to make it so that the restaurant can do it themselves. But uh, there are plenty of handymen out there and contractors, subcontractors that were, would be glad to hang them as well. Usually it comes down to the complexity of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's very decorative and there's a cool design and there's all these things, well, you may need somebody that's got a bit more skill set than the basics in order to make the project successful. So I, I like to make products that can be shipped easily. I like to make products that the end users can install themselves against my, my model. Audimute's model is a, a manufacturer direct to end user. We do have some distributors, but it's it's you know we do pride ourselves on being very close to our customers because they're the ones that tell us what the, we need to make. Yeah, exactly. So um, one other thing I think that's really uh, good to know about your products that I saw on your website is, aside from that they're, you know, kind of environmentally friendly, basically, they're also fire rated. So this might be a concern, you know, in a restaurant, any place, really. It has to be. The reason is because um, you have to have uh, for commercial product uh, or commercial space, and this goes down to their occupancy permit, the relationship with their the city essentially to have a permit to operate the restaurant and they will be required if they have panels that are attached to the wall that are there for acoustical purposes, those will need to meet a, a code essentially ASTM E84. And, you know, so the fire marshal may even want to come, they may come in and say, Hey, these panels here, what are they made of? And you know, it's a good idea when you buy panels to have the paperwork that goes with it so that you understand you know, the technical specs, you can hand it to the fire marshal and they go, oh, okay, good. We know these meet the specification. You're not creating a fire hazard, things like that. Very important, actually, as part of building code. So I I see a lot of folks, they buy things and they put things in improperly and then they've had to take them out because they thought something would work a certain way or it met a certain rating. Uh, Very important to get the tech specs. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to tell us about your services or um, good to know, you know, before we wrap up here? I think really the, the, the simple thing, I'll just be the big advocate of one, if you have a problem, do your customers a favor, do your business a favor. I mean, obviously you want to be in business. You want to enjoy serving more customers, right? Right. Well, I don't know any worse scenario in a restaurant other than sound that really ruins the, you know, what you were intending to do for your guests. So I advocate getting help. If you, if you got a problem, at least seek a solution. Make sure you have the understanding and at least plan for when that's going to happen. So if people are complaining, you know, we are doing something in a couple months, let them know that there's something in the works so that anybody who is not having a great experience or where sound, where sound is a problem, that they're willing to come back and try you again and see if you've got that in place yet, that type of thing. But I would get that in, in place. The other is to contact a professional. Talk to someone. We uh, are, are proud to have, um, you know, we have, you know, several acoustic specialists on staff that will work through issues and help restaurant owners understand their sound problem, why the solutions that we recommend are needed, and come up with all kinds of wonderful ways that we can increase the value in their space and just enhance the customer experience. So those two things are most important. One, treat it. Number two, get a professional to help you through it. You don't have to go at it alone and learn the acoustical world and try to 
you know, um, figure it out. It's, it's complex and every space is unique. And we also want to keep everyone's restaurants unique because that's, what's fun about them, right? Having a company who understands that is really important. And I think Audi does that, but you know, there may be other folks out there as well. I just want to advocate that if you have a problem, you know, you should definitely take action to correct it. And it sounds like, uh, if you don't know where else to go and you want to talk to an acoustical expert, they can start with you. They can start with Audimute. If, uh... They sure can. You make our website uh, known uh, you know, audimute.com. Uh, uh, certainly, you know, giving us a call and 866-505-MUTE is an easy way to remember that and talk to somebody. For Eastern Standard Time in Cleveland, buying direct from the manufacturer, from the family business, no one's going to care more about the outcome than it does what you uh, originally wanted to do in your space, restaurant or other, to make those sound barriers uh, take them out of your way from being successful. Well, this was really informative, and I really want to thank you for joining us today. I'm impressed with what you do. I wish I had a restaurant. I, could, I would have your panels up already, <laughs> but um, I really am also going to try to encourage some of my favorite places to uh, give this a try. Thanks again for your time, and uh, I will put links on my blog site to your um, website. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to thank Mitch of Audimute and my friends who participated in this episode of Soundproofist. Be sure to visit the Audimute website at audimute.com. That's A-U-D-I-M-U-T-E, Audimute. And if you have questions about the issues we talked about in this episode or other topics you'd like to talk about in future episodes, visit the Soundproofist website or just send me an email at noise at soundproofist.com. Thanks for listening. Sure.